Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The ensuing show will change, transform, and otherwise alter you. Good luck. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Do you want to die, Sydney? It's your turn to scream, asshole. From the streets of Woodsboro. Back to the streets of Woodsboro. We are Halloweenies. Valentine's Day, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, and suspects. I'm your host, Michael Myers Rothman, sitting here with a bottle of champagne, which I've been keeping cool on ice in a bucket of blood. And as we all know, Blood is Deep Red, which is uh, not only the title of Dario Argento's greatest film, but also the color of Cupid's glorious holiday. And unlike so many unlucky souls out there tonight, tomorrow... The next day, the day after that, possibly even the day after that, and maybe the day after that. You get the point. I'm not alone. <laughs> Joining me today are a couple of lovers at heart. But first, you know him as the playboy of Halloweenies. He's the bad boy of Blue Island, the rock and roll in the Rock Island Public House. Mike, come on down and tell us. One, do you like Valentine's Day? And if so... What themed box of cards do you remember getting for your classes growing up? And I'm going to wager to bet it's Star Wars, but surprise me. I, you know what? Uh, Valentine's is serious times, Mike Rothman. I have, <laughs> I have no issue with Valentine's Day. I worked in the re- I've been in the restaurant industry now for 15 years, and Valentine's Day was just one of those days. As long as the restaurant, if everybody in the restaurant was prepared for it, should be an easy shift. Because... Like people want to call New Year's Eve amateur night, Valentine's Day is the real amateur night. And yes, I did work at a Chili's <laughs> for 15 years. And yes, Chili's is great. I just had Chili's recently, and I, I toasted to you down in uh, South Florida. <laughs> That's pretty. Yeah, what'd you get? The two for twenty five? Uh, there was it was yeah, pretty much yeah. That was pretty two much for twenty five. Great deal. We have the best great deal. chicken and waffles you're gonna get anywhere. I will stand by that. But uh, yes, I did work at a Chili's, and yes, people do bring their dates. To Valent to Chili's for Valentine's, which I'm not certainly I'm certainly not um, criticizing anybody for that, but I'm criticizing people who want white tablecloth service. At <laughs> yeah, not going to happen at Chili's. It's, it's just it's just not that kind of place. But, but you know, so, nothing says love like fajitas, though. You know, uh, I gotta say, you get to share it. You get the nice sizzling hot plate. It's a really good meal, I would say, for Valentine's Day. But but I had some pretty good. I I worked some pretty good Valentine's days and Chili's. You know what? I've never gotten to do is what? go to White Castles. For Valentine's Day, do they do something special, or do they go? Yes, they, uh, yes, yes, they do. They well, it's I usually work Valentine's Day because being in the restaurant industry, mm-hmm. and uh, this year it's falling on a Monday, my night off, and I planned on going, but they're not doing it. What they would do is they would have the white tablecloth experience at White Castles. I used to live next door to White Castle, <laughs> so I saw the setup one year on my way to work, and uh, not quite candlelight, but the cashier would come over and take your order. And it's a it's a whole thing, and they do very well on that night. But they're I not doing it. You know, 
during COVID uh, for because of COVID restrictions. How did they not capitalize on this for like Harold and Kumar? Like you'd think like that would have been like you know you could have had a Valentine's <laughs> Day. I mean they had a Christmas Day movie. Have been, that might have been where it started. I, I'm not sure how long. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure there's a Vice article about the history of Valentine's <laughs> there Day. There probably is a Vice article. At, yeah. at Chili's, or at uh, uh, <laughs> White Castles. Uh, but the um, as far as the themed Valentine's, I remember, I remember actually one year, I cannot remember what the main one I had was, but I had extras, and they were definitely Wizard of Oz. Oh, weird. Interesting. Weird, okay. right? But I don't think we had Star Wars Valentine's. Like, as, as much as Star Wars was marketed, like, in everything by the time i would by people forget this i think especially now it's hard to forget where star wars is everywhere but by 87 or 88 nobody cared it was gone it was and gone yeah i i probably had transformers ones or gi joe ones that was more mm. my scene about that time i feel like they don't really do that anymore though because i, I guess there's a the whole taboo of of being able to celebrate valentine's day in school i mean is especially it, now is it COVID, it's, but is it because it's pagan? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I always took val- I always took Valentine's Day as uh, an opportunity to like buy something for my work wife, especially when I was at hmm. Chili's. I'd usually have be tending bar with my bartending partner, and I, I always thought it, it doesn't have to be about you know romance and like don't put too much stock in it, and you'll have a good night out no matter where you go, right? Yeah. No, it's just about pre- appreciation. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Well, Mike, I'm glad to have you on the show tonight. Thanks for having me. me. Right, right, right next to yeah, like like you're like the guest here, right? Yeah, you're the co-host. Look, speaking of guests, we've all heard of the Dancing Queen, but do you know the Vinyl Girl? Rachel, spin us a record. Help us get out of this crazy thing called love, and tell us what are your thoughts on Valentine's, and what's the one and only record you need to own on this most sacred holiday? I know I didn't, I didn't tell you this question beforehand and this is a hard one to do but it, what's the first record that comes to mind oh actually this is easy because i just wrote about it because i was like okay i gotta think of the most romantic album and so i i have this one ready and yeah hi this is rachel rachel reeves and the most romantic record is it's brahm stoker's dracula <laughs> and that i mean i that dracula and mina theme like tearjerker it is so just incredibly heartbreaking and beautiful. And yeah, so that was the first one that came to mind. And I just wrote about it for Dread Central this month. So that was that's what I'm going to go with. I'm sticking to my guns on that Hey, one. Th- that was a lot faster than I thought. I could be honest, I'm a little uh, flummoxed uh, at this point right now. You know, I, I thought it was going to be a debate and you were going to have like multiple records. There'd be some spitball in here. But no, I think Dracula is good. You, you definitely, you know, skipped, a, I guess, 50 years of songwriters who've bled their heart out. But I... <laughs> I love it. I mean, sorry, I guess I'm just like always like default to scores. I love it though. I I love that. Think of like like sound, you know, like actual like singer songwriters. (laughs) Well, to be fair, when Rachel said that, when Rachel said that, I thought she meant like just like somebody reading. Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah, like, record, which I'm sure there's somebody <laughs> does that record. I'm sure I could yeah. find that record somewhere. I'd like Adrian yeah. Barbeau to do that. That would be a nice record, <laughs> you know, especially now. I mean, she's got a great voice still. Make it happen, mm-hmm. Adrian. Uh, that'd be wonderful. Like she's listening. Anyway, Kathleen um, Turner reads Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> and he came into the room. Yeah. <laughs> time to be. Uh, maybe with like Michael Douglas in the background, like she recorded in the 80s. It's like, hey, hey Kathleen, we're back on set. <laughs> Great. Romancing the Stone, by the way. Great movie. Um, Mm, Also great for Valentine's Day. Well, Rachel, look, 
I'm very glad that you stayed on brand. I think Dracula is, per, is great. I love I love Dracula. What's actually your favorite uh, version of Dracula? Are you big Are you a big fan of uh, the Werner Herzog's Nosferatu? Oh my gosh, big <laughs> fan of that. That's also another great Coppola soundtrack. Another great Dracula film score. But yeah, Herzog and then Coppola's versions are actually my two personal favorite. I think it's just the visual part. They both like. They're just so visually stunning and just tell different stories. And I love that. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Kinski. And oh gosh, it's just so good. It, well, it's pretty cool that, you know, um, Coppola's version might be the only Dracula that has a super NES game uh, that's tied to it. So, you know, I thought that was interesting <laughs> yeah, back in the early nineties. It's like, all right, I guess they're just making games for everything now. They Why were. <laughs> yeah, they were. It was insane. All these radar movies that had, you know, action figures and, and video games tied into it. Anyway, I could go on a deep dive on that because I just, love all that stuff but i also love this uh our, our fourth and final guest you, you might say she's my valentine no i'm just joking I'm, i think her <laughs> husband would kill me last but certainly not least she brings the sass and wears the cast and if you look close enough you'll see the words loser right under the words lover uh jen <laughs> tell us why do you hate valentine's day and what is the sweet treat that gets you through it <laughs> chocolate absolutely um yeah. yeah hey this is jen adams um yeah i um I don't know. I don't like Valentine's Day that much. I don't really like many holidays. Like I'm if you ever need a Grinch to complain about a holiday, then I am your girl. Um, and I think, you know, it partly because I waited tables for so long and you, it is absolutely amateur night. Um, and it was in like chain restaurants and everything. And it's like, yeah, what, what we mean by amateur night, if you've never had the pleasure is that everybody bumps up their restaurants on the special night. So you get the people that don't know how to tip and you get the people who are used to go into, you know, the, the less expensive restaurants and, and it's just, just like Jen, super I, I always say it's like it's people who haven't been out in 10 years and they're still totally. tipping like it was 10 years ago. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they expect you to work hard and like be <sighs> essentially wearing a tuxedo and like just catering. <laughs> anyway, so I could go on a whole tangent about that. But, you know, it's interesting because I think, Mike, what you said was if you enjoy it or if you don't put too much stock in it, like. It's fun. And I think for years, I put way too much stock into Valentine's Day. I was like, I would show up to school in my best outfit. And I was like, this is the day my crush is going to say he likes me. And it never happens. It never works out that way. So I've now I'm just like, fine. Like, I think I was out of town for Valentine's Day last year. So we didn't even spend it together. I think Corey took the kids to like the Sonic movie or something. Um, the Sonic so, movie. I love it. <laughs> I know. I mean, it was deserted. So yeah. You know. Yeah. But like, we're going to, I think I'm just going to cook him dinner this year or something. It's not going to be like a, a big deal, but I absolutely love chocolate and Bram Stoker's Dracula. That is my go-to Valentine's Day movie. So it's a great one. It's so, a great fantastic one. Fantastic choice. It is. Well, I, I like Valentine's Day, even though I have some really bad memories tied to it. Um, I, 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 I'll never forget the in, in elementary school, I, I was obsessed. Uh, I had a, you know, any, everyone has that, that one crush that you, that kind of carries on until like eighth grade. The, the Win, Winnie Pep, was it Winnie Peppercorn? What's her name? From Winnie Wonder Peppercorn. Yeah. Yeah, Winnie yeah. Peppercorn. No, that's from uh, the Sandlot. Sandlot. Oh, no, no, no. So Winnie, Winnie Cooper. Winnie Cooper. Uh, from, from Wonder Years. Yeah. I just hear like Joe Cocker. Uh, playing right now <laughs> with the the dad who was in Independence Day, but um, I I had this one crush, and I remember getting her chocolates, and like we were at we were in history class, and she like loved the, the you know the gift and everything, and you know I'm I was a heavy kid, 
And so me and my friends were just like, hey, can we have a chocolate? And she was like, why don't you just take the chocolate back or whatever? And I remember being like, oh, man. Like, and I was like, fuck. Um, but, you know, I, like I talked about in our Losers Club episode, I am a, I'm a romantic at heart, I'd like to say. So I do like the idea that, you know, especially you're with, you're with, if you're with someone, it's, it, it is a fun holiday because you get to kind of have, you know, a little fun. And there's just so much there's, it gives you something to do in the first quarter of the year. I mean, come on, let's be honest. January fucking yeah. sucks. And February is great. I think February is a kick-ass month. So, and I love having the you holiday know, of it. You know, People so always that's exciting. say, oh, why, why do I have to get somebody something on Valentine's Day? I can get them any day of the year. Or you can just do it on Valentine's Day. Just do yeah. something nice for somebody. Yeah. Who, yeah. Exactly. And you know like, what? The, you can still mean, do what, it every other day, too. You know? For you listeners out there, I got a power move for you. So send him flowers. Great. Always works. Send it to a friend, send, to, send it to your lover. But the real trick is to send them the flowers at work. And here's yes. why. Yes, absolutely. Flower, flowers at home, they're beautiful, they're fine. That's where they might end up. They might end up on the office desk. But flowers at work is going to make everybody jealous mm-hmm. and ruin everybody else's Valentine's Day <laughs> who, didn't, who didn't send the flowers. Everybody's going to be in trouble. And uh, you can lean back much like uh, Lardass in Stand By Me and kind of <laughs> uh. look back at the chaos that you have wrought yeah, I have one I caveat it. to that, though, oh, because I like the one time that I've had a good Valentine's Day was the first Valentine's Day Corey and I started dating and he sent me flowers at work, but they were the flowers that came in a box and they were not like you want them to be able to see <laughs> the flowers and you yeah. want oh, yeah. to not have to unpack it. Like I just took the box home and I mean, they were still gorgeous, but I didn't get well, you to had open. You should have opened them. You should have opened it there. That I was, should have. Mm-hmm. I That's know, the but, real. You got to make sure it over anybody, you know? <laughs> Uh, well, I will say a real gift, you know, it really is. It really is. It, what's weird for me is I, I, at least before Sammy, I used to date folks that like would have their birthday close to like Valentine's day. And then oh, also yeah. our anniversary somehow would be close to anniversary would be close to Valentine's day. So there was one time when I was dating someone whose birthday was the 12th. Our anniversary was the tenth, I believe, and then oh, we gosh. had the, van- the the you know um, Valentine's Day on the fourteenth. And then the irony of all things is that when we broke up, uh, she left a you know it was a harsh breakup because we lived together, and she ended up with the the guy that uh, was one of our waiters at a melting pot. So that was a, oh. a fun. I should hate this fucking holiday, but right. I still yeah. love it. You're so just anyway, an optimist, you know? yeah, I'm an optimist, <laughs> even when I'm a cynical about everything else in life. Hey, look. We could go on and on about Valentine's. It's I think it's a great holiday. I love the red. I love the pink. I love walking to CVS and seeing something in the aisle because we have a stretch of that in the middle of the summer when they just don't really know what to do, so they just stock like a bunch of American shit, and who the hell wants to buy that? <laughs> anyway, what are we doing here today? Well, if you must know, and honestly, if you read the title of uh, you know the episode, when you hit play, you pretty much know that we're sharing our 12 favorite couples in horror. As simple as that. Because uh, although love is tough, love is blind, love is a battlefield, even. One of, the, one of my favorite songs to cover at karaoke. Uh, our conversations here on the Halloweenies tend to be pretty fucking grounded. So here's the deal. We got 12 couples to name. There's four of us, which means uh, we're going to engage in three rounds of romance roulette. So lots of love to go around people. And oh, yeah, we got one caveat here. Whew, this could get tough because it's <laughs> one couple for franchise for each of us. Now, originally we had all together and maybe we could try doing that, but if we can't, 
and it's one person each, one co- or one franchise per person each on this this episode. I think we'll do it. I think they'll be fine. Either way, no doubles, no extras. And let's just kick this off because I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of fun tangents because we're talking about love. And, uh, you know, what is a more universal language than that? Am I right? You know, I'm <laughs> sitting here like John Lennon. Am I right? The phony he is. Uh, kicking off round one. I'm a Paul guy. Sorry. Vanderbilt, let's start with you. I'm so glad I get to start because I'm afraid, like, I'm not going to have enough backups on this one. Jen can fill in for me. Jen can be my proxy if I lose. But no. <laughs> Now or Rachel. One. Rachel says she has 26 couples ready oh, to go. I thought Jen said she had 26. Oh, no, I, I got oh, 26. I, I'm ready. I, I, apo- I apologize. Oh, trust me. I Jen def- probably has at least 10, I would imagine. Jen, oh, yeah. Jen def- seems to be ready I defer to you. But uh, number, coming into number 12, uh, we're going to throw back to an earlier episode, and I think an appropriate couple, with Hollis and Patty, Hopat, <laughs> from My Bloody Valentine. Nice. All right. Nice. Now, I have a little something written for go this. For it. All right. <clears throat> Hollis, portrayed by Keith Knight, is at first an unlikely heartthrob. In the past and even today, even though we think we're evolved past it, the quote-unquote fat guy was the comic relief in many teen citric films. Look at the way Knight downs those hot dogs and meatballs. Hollis is indeed heavyset, but much like Bunny Carlos, it doesn't look like a, doesn't look like a rock and roll drummer, Bunny Carlos from Cheap Trick. Hollis may not look like a heartthrob. Traditionally. But he is. He's very handsome, with his mustache and glasses, and he has an intangible aura around him. He, as my dad would say, gets a joke. He's there for the party. He's always smiling. He breaks up the fight. He's everyone's friend. He's not a tryhard. <laughs> Hollis is 100% natural, 100% cool, 100% Hollis. And that's how he scores Patty. Stone Cold Foxes just hit differently in the early 80s, particularly the early early 80s slasher. And Patty's got it all. She swills beer. She talks shit. She's a good friend of Sarah. She's cute as a button in a tight sweater and can wear that dress. And I really mean wear that dress. As she describes it, cut down to there, split up to here. Unfortunately, she's also psychic because she does, in fact, not get out alive, as she suggests when she <laughs> describes a dress to Sarah. And neither does Hollis. But neither one of them were here for the good time. No, neither one of them were here for the long time. They were here for the good time. Today, I raise a moose head to the most fun couple in Valentine's Bluff, Hope Hat. Or unless you have uh, one of those Wally World mugs that's in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, you could ra- you could literally raise that as the Ra- moose raise head a moose of moose head. I want that so bad. And if you if anyone finds an Etsy or whatever, tell me because I could go spend more money on crap. Mike, that's a great choice. And hey, it's a great time for us to plug. We just recorded a full commentary track for 1981's uh, My Bloody Valentine. Sorry to the Jensen Ackles fans out there. I believe that that was the meme kicking off was Hollis, right? That we had on our Instagram. I think yes, so. it is. Good yeah. guy, Hollis. Hollis Queens. Uh, no, I'm just joking. But all right, Rachel. All right. Who's your first couple? So it was funny thinking about this approach. I was like, okay, best couples in horror. And I really tried to look at it as like, you know, as they say, hashtag couple goals, right? Or like mm-hmm. hashtag relationship goals. And once I kind of put it into that perspective, my number one just like came shining through. And that would be Morticia and Gomez Adams. Wow. And the nice. Adams family. Amen. I mean, God, like they are just so sexy and so in love and so romantic and so morbid and macabre. Like it is just like the best of both worlds. And I think, I, you know, I think this is why we all enjoy this holiday. You know, 
red is the color of blood. It's the color of danger. And it's also the color of love. And I think that the Adams, the Adamses really just in, like embody that so beautifully. Like they know that, you know, I don't know, they're in it for the long haul, past death, whatever. It's just, they're just so hot and it's just great. So now, choice, is, movie, movie or TV show. That's what I was what wondering. I okay. Yeah. Is it, are we talking about Raul Julia here? Well, uh, because I, I think one of the stipulations too was just films, not TV. Ah, yes, yes. you read. You read. So I, I went with Angelica Houston and Raul Julia oh, because just, also can't beat either yeah, one of like them. no. They're just I mean, they're the best. And more than that, like they are a really supportive couple. Like we see them like go through some shit and Mm -hmm. you see like Gomez, you know, especially with the the fester drama, like you see him down and out and they get, you know, kicked out of their house. And you know who's there? Morticia. She's there and she holds that family together. And so more than just being like a really attractive, hot couple that's all over each other and really passionate, like they also have each other's backs. And I think that it's just... I mean, I mean, relationship goals don't get much better than that. Let's oh, no, not at all. I mean, that is a great fucking choice. And I, I was I didn't even put it down because I was so worried that someone was going to grab it. So I'm glad you uh, did. Did you have that, Jen, on yours? I did. That was one of my backups. It was not. OK, one of my OK. Interesting. All right. All right. So we're, all right we're interesting. Good. We're good. We so yeah. so far we're in the safe zone. God, what a good choice. I, I actually uh-huh. I actually wanted to ask, are you team Adams one or values? Oh, Which one do you gosh. like better? I mean, people are both, saying that values is better than the first one now, which I think a lot of that has to do with Joan Cusack because she's just totally. unbelievable. Not to mention I I Stone Cold Fox. I love the first Indeed. one better. Oh, yeah. But I mean, they're both great, though. I mean, let's I mean, let's be real. Mm-hmm. They're both so fun and they're both so fun to watch even like back to back. Like I never oh, get tired 100%. of those movies. I never get yeah. tired of that family. So like a lean, what, 90 minute movie each one of them, I think. Yeah. I, I I do love in the first one where all Julia uh, is just or Gomez is just beside himself in a motel. It's like so great. I just <laughs> when they're placed in the real world, it's fucking wonderful. Yeah. Very Sonnenfeld. What happened to you? Where are you, Jen? Who's your first couple? Well, I was terrified that um, my number one was about to get taken, so I'm just going to go ahead and lead off because I did the same thing, Rachel. When I thought about couple goals, I thought, who are my favorites? Who would I want to be in a horror movie? And it is 100% Jim and Selena from 28 Days Later. Nice. Love them. One, Killian Murphy is like near the very top of my my list. And he's just one of my all-time favorite actors. I love him. Not just because he is so hot, but I love their dynamic in this movie, too, that they kind of start off as friends. And I like how Selena is kind of like not really wanting to get too attached because they've both just suffered all of this tragedy. But then that moment where he says that was more than a heartbeat. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I just die every single time. It is so romantic. It's so they like fight for each other. But they but that's like her softness. And I love that it's not like overly mushy, you Mm. know, because one of the things we talked about on our Losers Club episode is I'm not a super mushy person. Um, so I just love that it is a very like gritty, real romance that feels solid, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they're just beautiful. So phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Love Naomi Harris and uh, love Killian Murphy. And it, this is a proper place to plug that we went long on 28 Days Later uh, on Halloweenies. And you're probably wondering, like, wait a second, I don't see it in the feed. And, you know, you wouldn't. <laughs> Because you got to become our patron. So if you want to hear us talk nonstop about 20 Days Later, I believe Megan Navarro is the guest on that one. 
go and join our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Halloweenies pod or Halloweenies, I believe. Yeah. You can find a great episode there because, uh, hey, surprise, shocker. We love 28 Days Later. It's a fucking great, <laughs> great movie. Um, awesome choice, Jen. I, and and I, I, I kind of hinted that because I, I believe you texted that or you, you replied I with did. it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, mine is, uh, I guess, a little timely because there was a, a co-host, a certain co-host on here who managed to do the impossible recently. And look, I've seen every repertory screening I want to see. All of them. And I thought for a second, there's nothing left. I thought, you know, I'm living by my favorite place in the world, the Music Box Theater here in Chicago, Illinois. And I've seen it all. I, I felt like, you know, um, I can't think of a comp, but anyway, I thought I was at the end of my line. And lo and behold, like during, maybe, repertory, maybe repertory screenings were dead. I thought they were. You know, they could be dead. But the dead in this movie drew me back in and surprised me. And I, I, this is my couple, Fran and Flyboy, a.k.a. Steven from Dawn of the Dead. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. I talked about it on the Thanksgiving episode, and I just was fortunate enough to be able to see it on the big screen finally at the music box, all because of Michael Vanderbilt. So I'm just absolutely fucking thrilled. And it, it's in my consciousness. I mean, the movie's always there, but it's certainly there now. And look... You could say, when you really think about it, Stephen and Fran are kind of a shitty couple. I mean, it's, it's, it's a situational romance. Uh, you know, it's one bound by the apocalypse and the, this untimely baby. But I'd kind of argue well, that's what makes it so real. You know, you take a look around the next yeah. time you're at a... Take a look around. Seriously, take a look around. You were talking about take restaurants. Take a look around when you're at, Valent- when you're at yes. Chili's on Valentine's like, Day. Exactly. <laughs> I dare you to find a couple that doesn't look like Franny and Flyboy. And, and, and kind of what I also love about their relationship is that... Peter is the greatest third wheel of all time. Like he's he's the the realist who's going to get the situation, and he's right there to save the day when the shit hits the fan. And and, and you can kind of make the argument uh, for friend Peter, but then you could also make the argument for Peter and Roger. Come to think of it, but I, I mean, look, it's it's a romantic movie uh, when you look past all the guts and gore. So that's my my first choice. I am holding Stephen right now. He is uh, one of my favorite. Uh, horror movie action figures because it reminds me of a time when you couldn't get horror movie action figures for everything so and i love he's you, cool Steven. too and what a cool nickname I, i'd love a nickname like flyboy right yeah. i just you know he learns how to shoot a gun he, he becomes useful so how about that look at this we got through round one and all I of us chose separate franchises I'm, I'm fucking stoked but guess what i didn't we cross any of you guys you guys all picked ones that I had didn't do. So this oh, is wow. amazing. Did all right. So Jen, were you the only one that had uh, yep. Adams? Okay, but that was a backup. So okay. I've still got my primary two. Well, as we go into round two, let's just check things up. Let's uh, you know, if if I you know we got the big game coming up, we can't say what it is because we'll get sued. <laughs> but we got the big game coming up this Sunday, and if I did have all the money that this league has, I would have somebody there to keep tabs on it. But let's go look back at what we just did for round one. We got. My Bloody Valentine. Great, great franchise. Which I guess it's a franchise. It's a remake. So, you know, I'm surprised they didn't do sequels. But we have Adam's Family. We have 28 Days Saint Later. My Bloody St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, my Bloody St. Patrick's Day. Sorry, carry on. We have 28 Days Later, and we got Dawn of the Dead. Now, if we can get away with not doing 28 Weeks Later, Adam's, I don't think anyone's going to choose Adam's Family. That's out of the table now. And if we, I don't think anyone's going to choose Night or Day. And God forbid you choose Survival of the Dead. I think we're going to be good. So let's go into round two. Vanderbilt, 
Who do you got for uh, round two? All right. David Kessler and Nurse Alex Price. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> from so American good. Werewolf in London. Did I take one of yours on that one, Maggie? No, 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 no. But that is a fucking great choice. I, and... knew, I knew you were going to pick this, Mike. I, I like, <laughs> Who, like me? This, Yeah, I like specifically like left this off. I was like, I feel like Michael totally did. That. I am impressed with that. Um, so let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, in American Werewolf in London's romance, there are two forces at work. Florence Nightingale syndrome and Jenny Auguter. <laughs> Because yeah. Jenny Auguter is a force of nature. David Naughton is handsome in that early 80s way, the shaggy hair, the snug jeans, the casual plaids. And it's appropriate that Dr. Pepper himself would hook up with one of the uh, screen's hottest nurses, this side of Louise Fletcher in Cuckoo's Nest. Yes, she is hot in that movie. Evil. <laughs> Evil. Oh, God. Louise Fletcher? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you, uh, Louise Fletcher in Cuckoo's Nest is hot. Stone Cold Fox. I, if I ever get the chance to hang out with Jack Nicholson while he's eating a sub in the water, I will ask him, <laughs> hey, were you turned on by Louise Fletcher when you were, for, when you were joking? <laughs> so I just and I just love the classic nurses, nurses uniform. Not that cheap shit you get from Lover's Lane or Party City. I'm talking legit with the white nylons, the mm-hmm. cape. The romance feels real and fun, especially when Moondance plays over that shower sequence. And uh, despite everything that's going on around them, uh, it's it's heartbreaking end when you can feel David in Rick Baker's animatronic werewolf at that end. You can see it, and he's not in that suit or anything, but you can feel it, and that's due to Jenny Auguter's acting. And when you see him dead in the alley before smashing to black with the Marcel's blue moon, it's just... This kind of moment of sadness before, like, I think one mm. of the best uh, sm- funny smash to blacks in horror film history. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I it's mean, also, like, oh, they're one it. of those relationships, too. It's like one of the saddest, like, what if relationships in horror. Mm. Like, you yeah. actually, like, feel like these kids could have made it. Like, they, they could have been all right, you know? And so there's like, it actually is like, feel like a loss, like, that they can't actually yeah. continue 100%. this relationship. Well, to be fair, the, I don't think Silver Bullets are standard issue in the London police. So maybe they, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> maybe they, maybe they, maybe they did move on. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, what was the, the, the sequel idea originally was that she was going to be the werewolf, right? Something like that. I remember reading like that. One, It's a yeah. strange sequel idea. I, uh, again, another one that you could find in our Patreon. Uh, one of my favorite commentaries of all time. Our first one, actually, American <laughs> World from London. It was during I COVID. I can't believe that was our first one. And you came over to my house, and I think you, you it was the Malort Fairy came over, because I still have yes, the you. bottle here in my refrigerator. Um, or not my refrigerator, my, my, uh, my liquor cabinet. You ain't finished that shit yet? Come on. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> God. No, but that was one of my favorite nights, and I, I know it was one of Sammy's favorite nights, because we were up till four in the morning just talking shit and everything. It was great. So um, who we were talking about, you'll never know. But it was fun stuff, and, uh, you know, hey, you could hear all <laughs> If you At think least we two talk- hours of it. <laughs> if you think you're, we are talking shit about you, we probably were. We probably were, yeah, yeah. But it, it was great because, you know, it was, if you recall in the year 2020, which uh, feels like 10 years ago right now, even though, um, you know, we still have people that pine for being in that year. I would say uh, this that was, a, that was a bright spot. Vanderbilt, you defined my 2020 because you provided the necessary escape. Great choice. All right, Rachel. Oh, gosh. Round two. Who do you got? I'm really like feeling the pressure now. Like, it's getting a little crazy. I can now. only pick two more. Like, you know, I don't think I we've gotten any real obvious ones yet. Though. No. I know. I feel like I really we're all waiting I love for that. somebody else to say. I know. Yeah. yeah. Which makes so, a more interesting list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do think that, you know, it's really lovely when you see a couple 
you know, in real life and in cinema that you get to be with for a long amount of time and you get to see evolve and you get to learn about them and what attracts each other, you know, them to each other. And also that you feel like these guys really fit, like they found their missing piece. And I feel like one of the greatest couples in horror that we really see this in is Tiffany and Chucky. Oh, so I 100%. Pick from Bride of Chucky, Jennifer Tilly and Brad Dorif. You know, this is a couple, especially with the new series, we learned even more about their Mm -hmm. backstory and how, like, you know, just equally deranged they are. And this couple gets each other. And we've seen them just go through it all, you know, and it still continues. Their relationship still continues. And they've got their ups. They've got their downs. So, yeah, this couple is, I mean, it, it literally transcends <laughs> their physical form. Yes. So. Were you, did you see Bride of Chucky in theaters? I did not. Okay. I wish I did. Oh, I my was... God. When that scene, who gives a shit if you spoke, when the sex <laughs> scene happens, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a theater lose their mind as much as that. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever expected that scene to happen. And I do feel like that opened the door for the franchise. I feel like at that mm-hmm. point, Dom and is like, all right, I got that through. All right, we're going, wait till you see what else I have in fucking store for you <laughs> for the next 25 <laughs> years. Great. I love that. Movie. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I think, I don't know. Child's Play is great, which by the way, not to plug again, patreon.com slash Halloween's, but you can listen to us talk about Child's Play and all the toys that we like in that if you want to hear our commentary. <laughs> Bride of Chucky's right there as the next one, I think, for me. I, I love that movie. Vanderbilt, where, where, where does Bride of Chucky rank for you in the Child's Play franchise? Well, Bride of Chucky is, uh, I think, help me, maybe the last one that I watched. I don't think I ever watched Seed. Oh, interesting. I okay. went to a show to see that one because we had free tickets. Uh, when I was working at Camelot at Chicago Ridge Mall, uh, they handed out free tickets to everybody who worked there to go see like uh, you know, the advanced sneak preview, which was yeah. two nights before it came out. And uh, we had a real good time. Fond memories it's, at the Chicago Ridge Mall Theater. I I, I miss the, uh, the the sneak peek, uh, and I mean now we get some screenings because uh, you know we're in the industry. You know what I mean? You know what the problem? But, you, know, you, know what the pro- you, know the, you know what the problem with going to? You know what the problem with going to advanced critic screenings is, Mike? What the you only to hang out with great critics? The only the only the only people you can talk about them with for the first couple of days or weeks are critics, and that yeah. sounds absolutely awful. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it, it's a it's a maddening experience, and uh, let's just say that there's a reason why most people avoid me when I walk into the uh, the critics' screenings and stuff. So you know, and that's fine. You know, it's it's totally fine. Uh, Jen, what are your thoughts on Bride of Chucky? Do you you uh, I feel like you didn't you just do this recently on we on, did yeah. yeah we just did a comfort horror episode on this for um for psychoanalysis. And it was the second Child's Play movie I have seen because I had only seen the first one starring the beautiful Chris Sarandon. Um, And I wasn't a huge fan of just Chucky in general, but I just loved this movie. And I was like, okay, well, now I have to seek out the rest of it. And so then I just watched the series Chucky um, a couple of weeks ago, and I loved that too. So yeah, Yeah. this was really fun. I was really surprised. I also want to point out that the last two um, couples have both been involving Jennifer's or some variation of that name because we Ooh. have Jenny and we have Jennifer Tilly and just giving a shout out to the Jennifer's because it's yeah. a dead well, name. I want to give a shout out to the Jennifer here too because uh, Jen, uh, it's you're next and not <laughs> the right. 2011 picture directed by Adam Weingard. <laughs> Please tell us your second round pick. Oh, well, you know, I just pointed it out and now I'm going to break the uh, the streak. Um, but mine and I'm going to go with a franchise. So I hope I'm not um, 
crushing any dreams. But so I said that my first thought was Jim and Selena. And then I started going down my list of horror hunks. And I have a long, long mental list of horror hunks. Um, and, but what I found was a lot of them, a lot of the people that I have a big crush on in my horror movies are not in great couples. They're not particularly great romantic partners. And I, I, that probably says something about the kind of guys that I was attracted to for a long time, which is a whole nother subject for another day. But I finally found one that I was really happy with. And it is John and Molly from H2O. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. One of my number one dream crushes is Josh Hartnett, of course. And if you have listened to psychoanalysis, you know that I will go on and on and on about him. Um, but I love this couple, too. I like Molly is, uh, you know, obviously um, Michelle Williams. So she is a great actress, too. I think this is a just a really good couple. They're not really shitty to each other. They seem really into each other. They both seem like good people also, like people I would want to hang with. And it possibly is because they were in comparison to one of the worst couples in all of horror, their friends whose names I can't even remember. Oh, awful. Um, just the worst. It's just like, yeah, let's think of a God. bunch of words that will describe how awful they are. Loathsome. Disgusting. Oh, just like, anyway. just like Jodie Lynn O'Keefe in that movie. Exactly, and, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's coming to me. It's coming and, to me. God, I hate yeah. that fucking scene. They suck. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but John they're, they're and Molly awful. are fantastic and yeah. both hot. Like, could you imagine what their babies would look like? Oh, oh amazing. Oh look, look, I mean, you want to talk about me being uh, sexual on this podcast. Go listen to the <laughs> faculty episode in which I spent like, like <laughs> oh 10 god. minutes. Just, uh, God, I just want to like be with Josh Harnett. Um, I want to be I mean, in him. Um, but no, um, <laughs> but I want to live in his skin because I think he's the coolest person in the world. Oh my God! Yes, God. All right, you should I use that line more myself. often. Live in his skin. <laughs> live in his skin. Oh, maybe we could be like the Pedro Almodar, uh, you know, movie. You know, the skin I live in. Um, with with, with Josh Harnett. You could live in worse skin than Josh yeah, Hartnett, just right? saying, you know. I hope Josh is listening to this. By the way, Josh, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, we're all big fans of your career. We think you're great. I just watched <laughs> O the other day. I thought you're phenomenal at the end. You know, looking for the comeback, you know. Yeah. Where does where H2O land on the hottie scale for Josh Harner for you, though, Jen? Because oh. uh, he's been in a lot of stuff, oh, that, and I feel like you've seen everything. Here and there is this song. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a choice. I mean, it is a choice. It, it, I feel like, okay, when I look at that hair, I just like to tell myself that I just messed it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. that's yeah, how that's, I that's, kind of... That's a good way know. of looking at it, yeah. 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 I think that that is probably... Okay, so the three big Josh Hartnett hotness movies for me, The Faculty is obviously number one. Because, oh, 100%. Oh, my to. God. Yeah. Like, I could... Just talk for days about that. And then, okay, I think then there's 30 Days of Night and yep. then there's uh, H2O. And I think his look in H2O is so similar to the faculty that I'm going to put 30 Days of Night next because there's something about like his scruffy beard and like his, mm-hmm. you know, head and in the hat and just, oh my gosh. I just, I'm sorry, I'm flushing. And he's no, just, it's I'm fine. Dreaming, I'm, look, I'm a big fan of uh, the Penny Dreadful Hartnett, too. Ooh, oh, uh-huh, yeah. With the long hair. That period well, piece where, oh, yeah. There's All a right. lot more sex in that show, too. So I'm a fan of that also. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, him in Pearl Harbor also. I mean, I think oh, the movie God. sucks, but he's great in it, though. I mean, I, uh-huh. I, he looks, I mean, he looks great in it. And he's, you know, at that point, he was like, I'm going to go toe to toe with Affleck. 
and I'm going to get ripped as fucking hell. Like, he's not like uh-huh. Linky as he is. I mean, look, I like his Linky look in faculty, but I also like his, you know, I like his muscular look in the, in the Pearl Harbor. Uh, great would, trailer, awful movie. But um, yeah, but he's know. gorgeous. I would also like to mention it's not a horror movie, but 40 Days and 40 Nights. Oh, I literally oh, just looked up. I love that movie. <laughs> that movie's so good. And uh, honestly, that, that movie has uh, a hell of a soundtrack, uh, Memory Gospel by Moby, which mm-hmm. is B side to play is in that. And um, if you've never heard that song, then you haven't seen 40 Days a Night and you haven't seen Southland Tales. But great track and uh, the scene where it plays in in 40 Days a Night is really I love great. how this just like spiraled into a, the 10 hot heart nits of horror. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm Look, stoked. I'm so happy If I'm on your podcast, but... it's going to happen. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm glad because, you know, I, I felt alone on that faculty episode. Oh, God. You know, I just, I love Harnet. Mm-hmm. I'm also loving the fact that we haven't doubled up, you yeah. know, because guess what? Uh, no one's named mine. And I thought for fucking sure it was going to be in round one. And now I'm really fucking terrified for the third round for me. But yeah, my choice for second round is the incredibly happy, joyful, wonderful. Oh my God. Get this fucking smile off my face relationship between Seth and Veronica from the fly. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> I mean, what is a memorable Valentine's Day if you don't have a little tragedy and trauma, you know? So, totally. I, I, I got to say, I don't think I'm, I still don't think I'm over this one. They, they, I mentioned the music box earlier, and they, they decided to play this in their garden screening uh, over the summer, to which I told the, the, the program in there, I was like, what are you fucking nuts? Like, this is the most depressing <laughs> movie ever made. And I mean, if you just think of it in basic terms, like, you get this guy, Jeff Goldblum, hottest Jew in the world who finally has it all. I mean, he's got, he's got the invention, he's got the looks and then he gets the girl. I mean, we're talking Gina Davis before, you know, even before, you know, legally on it. So I, I, I gotta say just this pairing right here, unfucking believable And you, you get muscle man, Jeff Goldblum, who now just destroys himself with his own fucking device I mean, this is a movie that's so rich in metaphor. I mean, you get like, it could be about AIDS, it could be about cancer, about changing personalities, workaholics, everything. But it's fucking unforgiving, which is kind of like the best kind of love. And, um, you know, whether we're breaking up or asking our lovers, you know, to put us out of our misery, nobody, absolutely nobody will deny the love between Seth and Veronica. So, holy fuck, that this movie has haunted me. For days and nights and years and decades. And I, if you haven't seen it, I, I will say definitely watch it, but um, be prepared, as Scar says, because it's going to stay with you for the rest of your life. I think this is the most depressing movie in the history of mankind, but it's one as of the greatest Scar romances. Says. I, know, Scar, I got you know, that too. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. Like, be prepared. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You know, it's great. Am I alone? I mean, it, this has to be one of the most depressing movies of all time. I mean, when when he pulls the fucking shotgun to his head, spoiler alert, <laughs> it's it's awful. But the love is great. Well, and it's like, what do you do in that situation? It's, I mean, it's it's putting her in such like just a tragic position. Like this is somebody she loves, but it's somebody that she can't be with. But at the same time, like he's suffering. So how can you leave? It's just like such mm-hmm. an impossible predicament that she's put in. And yeah, it's just, it's tragic. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, can't, I, I just can't watch it sometimes. Like I, I, I you know, it, it's been shuffled on streaming networks 
And I joke with Sammy, I'm like, hey, The Fly? You think we're going to watch this tonight? And she's like, no, you fucking nuts. You showed it to me once. I don't ever want to watch this movie ever again. Um, but yeah. Just throw on The Fly, too. You know. Oh, that, 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 you want to talk about, I mean, Mick Garris, we, we talked a lot, Rachel, about how he's kind of like, you know, pulls his punches. That movie yeah. has me feel bad for the villain with that fate. Like, it is such a dark fucking movie. Oh, God, what a fucked up series. Please don't ever make a Fly 3, and please don't ever try to remake it. I know, like, Cronenberg did the play, I guess. Like, I never got to see the play, but I, I, I remember hearing about people being like, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, remaking the Fly. No, it's not going to happen. No, why? You're never going to no. top it. It's never going to happen. Like, yeah. Gina Davis is so fucking good in that movie. Jeff Goldblum is unbelievable. And the the body horror effects came at a time when they actually gave a shit about making taking up space and physical. I mean, it's fucking great. It's ten out of ten. Anyway, I think I've talked enough about my choice. Um, <laughs> so here to recalibrate um, to go to that uh, you know that Super Bowl. Oh, I should, sorry, I should oh. say the big game <laughs> scoreboard uh, that we have. So we have gone through. Let's see, American Werewolf in London. Great movie. Oh, Bride of Chucky. So we got the Child's Play uh, franchise that are out. That's out. And then H2O. I'm sorry, the, the, the Josh Harnett conversation just absolutely derailed me. I mean, I, I had an energy you know? going into this, <laughs> and I started acting a little sexual. And I said, you know, this is a little, you, you've caused some problems, Jen. I love, it, love, is it, love is in the air, Mike. Love Ryan. is in the air. You know, anyway. <laughs> All right, so and then I and I put the fly, the great, which I, you know, look, I love, I love Daphne. I'm a huge Melrose Place fan, but I don't think anyone's gonna be choosing, you know, fly two in the next round. Hopefully not. <laughs> I do love Eric Stoltz. Oh God, I love him. Sorry, OG Marty McFly. Am I right? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite crushes. From really? Me. I've watched so, so, Some Kind of Wonderful so many times. And fast forward that garage kissing scene many, many, many times. I love Interesting. Eric Stoltz. He was, uh, Eric Stoltz was uh, for a while there, uh, back when Cameron Crowe was still making movies, was a cameo in every one of his films. So, um, really? Yeah, I don't think he's in Vanilla Sky. I think they might have had a falling out. Or, or maybe Eric Stoltz was too busy I don't know, doing Rules of Attraction or something. <laughs> Third round. We're here. Final round. None of us have stepped on each other's toes. None of us have copied each other's Valentines, which is really there's, nice. There's some big elephants in the room. So. There there's are, some big ones. I've been holding my... Well, let's see if, uh, let's see if uh, Mike Vanderbilt's got the elephant gun, much like you know in Jumanji with that guy that played Bruce Ishmael and from Titanic. Well, and Tremors. Mike, and Tremor, yeah. So, Mike, it's, it's Mike, not what's an your elephant, last one? It's not an elephant gun, but it is a... Sawed-off double-barrel shotgun. We've covered London, New York, Pittsburgh, Canada, Haddonfield by way, of, by way of California. But i got to show some love to the working class of the true Midwest. Soho, Michigan is essentially the Hamptons of the south side of Chicago. And i got to throw Ash and oh, all three Lindas nice. into all the romance All three Lindas. From, from, <laughs> from the Evil Dead. Well, as someone who's free in his choices and, uh, you know... You know, doesn't mind a good thruple situation, like good for Ash, but uh, it, as we know, it's not. It's it's the same character. You don't get to know him as a couple for long, but you get the broad strokes. And young Bruce Campbell is extremely likable, not as smug as he is now, and uh, kind of <laughs> splits the difference between Midwest handsome and Hollywood good looks. And Linda, well, you have your pick with Linda. You can get whatever you want. You want a curly haired brunette. You want a buxom blonde in a Michigan State raglan? Or you want a 90s short red hair for, for Bridget Fonda? You got it all. Um, but I really dig, I've always liked, since you know I discovered Evil Dead when I was like 12, I think. I always dug the playfulness with uh, when Ash gifts Linda the necklace. 
Uh, and uh, you oh, can really yeah. feel yeah. you can really feel Ash's sadness when he's about to chop her up in the original <laughs> film. It, it, a little bit in the second one, but that's definitely played more for laughs. Uh, and that idea of having to kill your friends, especially your 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 girlfriend, your significant mm-hmm. other, uh, when she's possessed, is something I think that everybody can relate to. And that brings me to my question: Would you do it? Could you do it? Could you kill your significant other if they were possessed by a Kandarian demon? I've, I've, I've asked myself this question every time I wake up in the morning. I ask it every time I watch that movie. Man, could I do it? Oh, yeah. Well, here's the, here's the caveat to that question. She turns normal before you're about to do it. Mm. Like, well, that's like the real happens. trick. Yeah. But, but it's a trick. Yeah. You have to get an axe. Yeah. I feel like once you have been possessed by a demon, it's just like you, it could always be a trick, you know? Like, Not yeah. like in Exorcist 2, where she was possessed by a demon, but it's okay. He's, he's, he's gone, gone now. now. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm yeah. loving that meme circulating. Yeah, I would kill my significant other in the heartbeat. Don't. Wow, you were quick with that answer. Yeah, Get really quick. Yeah. Well, I'm going well, to I mean, text Corey like the, now. It's kind of like the zombie thing. You know, you right. see all these people in zombie shows, and it's like, there's no, there, there's no saving them. They're dead. Yeah. Right. You're putting them out of their misery, yeah. you know? Well, as Dan Flieger likes to say, I always put myself as the main character. So if uh, you know Rick Grimes is able to shoot his loved ones, and so is uh, Evil Dead or Evil Dead, uh, <laughs> Evil Dead, <laughs> Mr. Dead, <laughs> Ash Williams. If Ash Williams is able to do it, then I guess I would be able to. But I don't think I am because the thing is, is like I know what would happen. Sammy's gonna, you know, <clears throat> she'd be laying on the table. She'd be like, she'd be like all fucked up, and then all of a sudden she'd come back and be like. You know, figment, and 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 I'd be like, no, I can't do it. Uh, She'd be like, but who's gonna walk Shiloh? Do I know, and I'd be like, God. And then Shiloh would appear around because the deadites would manage to fuck that up for me. But uh, Rachel, what about you? Uh, would you be able to do it? I yeah, I think I'm that kind of person that it's just like there's no saving them. I can't. I would be doing it more for keeping them alive. I'd be doing it more for me than them. So, yeah, you know what? You know I what I like would do, Mike. I would like remember that one thing that they do that aggravates the fuck out of me. Never and, again. And right. just like just get my get into that headspace. Yeah, uh-huh. and realize you don't have to deal with that no more. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, because no, nothing's gonna seat up. Yeah, nothing's gonna be normal after that night anyway, right? Oh no! Well, I yeah. mean, that's the, the the whole fucking joke about Ash. And I mean, Ash versus Evil Dead plays up on it, and we'll talk about this uh, this season. Which, hey, by the way. That was a great choice, yeah. Mike, because that was a great plug, because I don't know if you know this, um, especially if you don't follow us on socials and, um, I don't know, haven't listened to the last couple episodes, but we are moving from Woodsboro to the woods of Michigan to talk about, as you, as you just, as we've been talking about right now, Evil Dead. So, um, you know, if you like this, you know, little bit of conversation, um, get ready for a whole year of it. And and then, and like Sammy, the loved one I just talked about, about having to axe and kill, um, <laughs> she's been asking me, well, how the hell are you going to do a whole year of Evil Dead? Well, <laughs> we got some ideas. So stay tuned. <laughs> well, Great one, choice. One quick question I have for everybody, though. Who's your favorite Linda? I was going to ask you that, too. I was just going to. Oh, my God. Uh, that's so I got to go with. Well, because it's Betsy Baker, Denise Bixler or Bridget Baker. Fonda. I Baker. go with Baker. But yeah. as I got older, I really started to like Denise Bixler. Uh, I mean, that image of her dancing in that Michigan mm-hmm. State tee. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. And it's the, the, the soundtrack in that scene is actually really creepy, too. Like the, the, yeah. the Joseph DeLuca, um, who you just interviewed, uh, Rachel, uh, I believe she uh, he uh th- there does a piano score in that yeah. scene that's really haunting actually and i had a um, big crush on bridget fonda in the 90s 
Uh, actually, not because of singles, like you'd assume, but because of La Femme Nikita, or Point oh. of Return, rather. Point of Return, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was, a, that was Sammy's sexual awakening, was a Point of No Return, actually. Oh, really? So, yeah. Did, would oh. you say she went past the Point of No Return? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, 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 yeah. From, it's got to be Betty, but uh, Rachel, who's your favorite, Linda? I'm Bridget. Yeah. 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 And I, Super I always liked that she got on that because she was such a big fan of the movies. Is that why? Oh, that's, that's interesting. I don't know if that's true, but I remember reading it that I don't know. She probably knew somebody who knew somebody, but she was a big fan of the evil dead movies, which adds up. I think that would, that makes sense. It's a shame that we didn't get Peter Fonda to be in uh, armory darkness. <laughs> he could have been, you know, uh, yeah. Or Jane, that would have been great. Oh my God. Could you imagine if Jane, uh, you know, replaced Embeth Davis in the, in armory darkness? That'd be interesting. That'd be really interesting, actually. Jen, what about you? Are, you? are you familiar with Evil Dead? I don't think we've ever talked about Evil Dead. I'm not um, not super familiar. I've seen them all, but Army of Darkness, actually, is the only one I have. You haven't seen. seen Army of Darkness yet? I haven't seen wow. it. Oh, no. my God. I'm going to watch Go it along with, with that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> Can I, I just tell you? I had one of the worst dates of my life. We went and saw Army of Darkness, and it had, like, just started. And like, it was, like... In its original run? No, no, no. It was, oh. like, we have this theater in town called The Egyptian, <laughs> just, like, every town. This, like, old, you know, very fancy theater, and they were doing a screening of it. And he had never seen it. And we're, like, watching it, and he's, like, this sucks. Like, what? This is what? awful. And I was, like, and we're done. Right. Oh, my God. Just get up and walk right to another choice. room. Yeah, he was like, can we leave? He's like, this is not funny. Like, I don't get this. And I was like, like all right, leave. I think it's time to go now. Well, that sounds like it could have been the worst couple ever. Rachel, <laughs> what is your first number one top couple then? For, for I, I, Although I, I believe you went with the top one to, to, to avoid any uh, crossover. Yeah. But what, what is your third last couple that you could choose this out of the 26 that you had? I'm leaving some big ones on the table and really hoping that one of you two pulls through for me. Uh, you know, it's like a relay race. I'm, I'm handing it off. But one of the big ones that I think is just, it's a relationship that holds up. It's a relationship that feels so authentic and believable and is really given the space to show some of the quieter moments and the dynamic between the actors is really lovely. And you know, it's a film where nobody dies, which is also very interesting, too. Mm. So I'm going with Diane and Steve Freeland yes. from Poltergeist. Yes. Nice. Williams Good answer. Good answer. I just I love them. Their relationship is just it's so cute. You see mm-hmm. them argue. You see them have fun. Like you believe that this couple loves each other and loves their family. They remind me a lot of my parents is I think That's really the thing. It's like I gotta go you meet think your about, mom. Like, <laughs> Stop. But like I always said, that's what made Poltergeist so like so scary to me when I was a kid. I think because it felt too real to me. Because that family dynamic is very similar to mine when we were kids. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, this is a family that you believe. Like these parents are this. You know, these parents are solid. Mm-hmm. It's a good foundation for their family, and they they're there for each other. They take risks to each other. They backing each other up. Like literally going into this void thing, and. It's just, I mean, you see them smoking weed, yep, you see them making that. out, but you also see them being great parents. And it's just the sweetest relationship in horror, I think. And just mm-hmm. one of the most authentic, it feels like. So He's one of my choice. favorite mothers, like in horror, like she's the mom I wanted, you know, she, yeah. Sarah Connor, my favorites. One of the, one of my favorite women in a Jersey. Yeah. yeah. To <laughs> Janet from Three's Company. 
And I think I, I'm sure I have a list somewhere. You're a big yeah. Three's Company fan. I feel like it, I love like, that show. Is or was that your choice to use for the riff to use that? Uh, it was it Three's Company or Tuesday? It was actually one of my fellow bartender Scott who came up with it. We just put on the Pluto channel one day. He goes, "Oh, I get it, Three's Company Tuesday." I'm like, "Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking." Nice. Now I I'm a huge fan of Joe Beth Williams. Underrated. Had a great run in the '80s. All time crush for me. Huge sexual awakening for me just because I had seen Switch. How many sexual awakenings have you had in your life? I, I didn't mention mine. I mentioned Sammy earlier. Sammy was the one that saw <laughs> Point of No Return and was like, oh my God, I, I love every sex. But I, for me, Joe Beth Williams seeing Switch, uh, well, first off, Switch was a huge movie for me for many reasons. Which the I one with uh, Jimmy Smits and Ellen Barkin? And Ellen Barkin, yeah, where he has, you know, she, the, the guy comes back <laughs> as, as Ellen Barkin and has a baby with his best friend. Very strange movie for my parents for me to be obsessed with and rent from Blockbuster multiple times. But Joe Beth Williams, for me, I was just like, oh, my gosh, she's there's something about her. And, and you look at her career in the 80s, and... She, and she's part of some of the best movies of all time. I mean, even the seventies. Kramer versus Kramer. That's seventies, right? Because she's uh, the yeah. I think that's seventy. Uh, Something yeah, late seventies, sure. I think. But yeah, and, and, I mean that the big chill. She's fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I. It's weird because after nineteen seventy nine. Okay, great, great, great. Not to go on too much of a Joe Beth tangent because I'm just always get excited because we didn't we just never be able to talk about her. <laughs> I feel like she has a busier career in the last. It, you know, in the aughts than she did in the 90s. I don't know what happened in the 90s, but she just kind of vanished for a little bit. She's great. Anyway, love this choice. Awesome. Poltergeist, mm-hmm. I think, turns 40 this year, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Yeah, You're yeah, right. it's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Well, ready for those think pieces. I know, yeah. right? Well, is hmm. Poltergeist scary? Uh, was oh, was Jesse Hooper the really director? Terror. Hey, oh, it's Quick scary. Poltergeist story. Uh, when I was living in my old apartment, um, at this point, a grown-ass man, I uh, watched Poltergeist slip before before I went to bed. I'm laying in my bed, and somebody started banging on my door, and I almost pissed myself. Oh, my God. Was it a tree? That's what I thought it was, because there was a big tree outside my window. Was there a clown? It was the pizza guy guy looking for my neighbor's apartment. Jesus Christ. I feel like you'll get the pizza then. Still, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Still like it's mine now. Still gets under my skin. I can't, the poster, like if I watch it, at the, if I put it on at the bar, like I don't want to go into the basement to go do the drop at the end of the night. It, <laughs> well, here's a question. Is Poltergeist 2 scarier than Poltergeist 1 because no, they have Father Death not. or whatever? No. He's terrifying though. Like, eh. I, I the unknown, know. I think, is the fucking clown is scarier than a lot of It like preys on like childhood fears. Too. Like where you're talking about the tree, like the mm-hmm. tree yeah. is like one of the scariest things in that. And like, it's, fucking tree like that's wild and then yeah the toys and i remember as a kid being terrified of three because it was on you three is the same oh same no 100 percent. there's something that's really chilling about three in the way that it it uses space and mm-hmm. how you get lost in your own That's personal the, Is that like space. the apartment building? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, with all right? the mirrors, too. Yeah, yeah. the Directed mirror. by and Chicago's own God. Gary Sherman. Yep. It's so mm. sad, too, just like oh, when you watch it with like the backstory well, of it. Yeah. Like It just makes mm. it even more terrifying yeah. in a very grounded way. Yeah, yeah, the Cursed Films episode on that is really good, I think, yeah. too. By the way, uh, not to do a free plug here, but uh, Cursed Films uh, coming back for season two. Um, oh, just sweet. announced it today. I can't wait. Uh, the great ah. scorer in that also. But Jade Shield, uh, wonderful guy. 
Uh, I got to talk to him in 2020, and uh, let's just say he's a huge horror fan, so he knows what he's talking about. But um, really excited. I'm actually really curious as to see what next movies they're going to do yeah. for mm-hmm. that season. Um, I know. I was going to ask you, have they they haven't announced it yet? No. It's weird because Shudder announced it last year that it was going to happen, and then mm-hmm. they did another one today where it was like, hey, we're doing Cursed Films season two. And I'm like, yeah, you said it last year. <laughs> right. <I laughs> Give remember us a fucking date. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh. uh, Jen. Who is your final couple? Okay, so I'm kind of surprised that no one has mentioned one person in this couple. And this is my shipper couple, so they are not official. Um, But this movie is super romantic. It's super gothic. There's a lot of love and a lot of hormones flying around. And we've already mentioned it, but I my favorite couple in Bram Stoker's Dracula is Mina Harker and Lucy Weston. Oh. oh. And I count Lucy because they make out in the maze, so technically yes. it counts. But I love their relationship. Like, Mike, you were talking about friendship and, like, celebrating friendship on Valentine's Day, too. And they have a better relationship than any of the guys they're with in that yeah. entire story, you know? Also, like, to have locked down, like, two of the hottest actors of the 90s, Carrie Always and Keanu Reeves, like, they're a gorgeous couple and to just say like fuck you guys we're gonna make out in this rainy maze you know it's i just love them so much it's so romantic they're so kind and supportive for like as much as like lucy kind of uses all of those guys you know i feel like she really does love mina you know and i think maybe if it were a story told today maybe they would just be the couple you know so yep that's mine you know, it's kind of like a fried green tomato situation, you know. They yeah. cut off the, mm-hmm. the queer couple in that story. Big, uh, you know. But hey, you know, Jessica, Jessica Tandy, she's great, right? <laughs> or she was great. Tawanda. I, I want to say one thing. We made it. We didn't cross over wow. anyone. This is pretty unreal. I was so fucking worried. So worried, in fact, that I literally texted Jen a few hours <laughs> beforehand because yep. I, 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 I really wanted to talk about this couple because um, I talked about the fly haunting me. Well, th- this couple hit me so hard that I would literally turn off the movie when the person <laughs> died because I couldn't fucking handle the fact that they killed off this character. And I would just, I would turn it off right after the explosion would go off and be like, well, they did it. They killed him. That's awesome. And that is. Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor oh. from The Terminator. And yes, The Terminator is a horror movie. Yes, and it is. yes. You're, you're not going to get any argument here. Oh, no. This is great. This is not. great. Look, Kyle and Sarah are the greatest couple of, all, of the genre. And I'd mm-hmm. even argue for one of the greatest couples in film. I, I mean, it all Can comes we... down to situation and synergy. I, th- this is... I wrote a lot about it uh, on my former job or whatever. But, uh, you know, the, the two need each other. You know, it's kind of the needs that unite them. Uh, I mean, Kyle's entire life is devoted to Sarah. Sarah's, in our lives, come to think of it, are pretty much rests in his success or their success. Mm -hmm. And it's really the their success that makes that movie so impactful. And honestly, why I love James Cameron. You know, I mean, I love how Cameron kind of gives his heroes the wear and tear of fallibility. Not infallibility, fallibility. And they wear their weaknesses on their sleeves more so than any of his other couples that, that he has later on. And, and they're very self-effacing about it, mostly because they know that what's chasing them, the T-800 or the T-101. I can't remember which one. I think it's the T-800 in the first T-800. one. Um, T-800, yeah. yes. But, uh, yeah. you know, they know that they have the perfect killing machine with no emotion on their feet. 
I, I think like the fly, it's such a rich conduit for metaphor because you learn so much from the relationship and it's, it's not just a great love story, but really, and I know this sounds over the top, but like a really great meditation on, I feel like the human condition altogether, you know, cause I mean, it basically they keep asking like, what's this all, f-? you know, you basically say like, what's this all for, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and I really do think that that's on Cameron's mind when he's carving out characters and, and, you know, for my money, I think he peaked with Sarah and Kyle and everything else, whether it's Jack and Rose, uh, Harry and Helen, Bud and Lindsay, Ripley and Hicks, also Michael Bean, mind you. And also, let's not forget uh, Justin Gerber's favorite couple in James Cameron's catalog, Jake and Nightiri from Avatar. Oh, God. <laughs> they all work off this blueprint. And, blueprint? And I, blueprint. Yeah, blueprint. <laughs> There you go. Pun intended. So I, I, I just love, I love this love story. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's weird because I, I keep going back and forth on the deleted scenes in Terminator 2. Because uh, oh, for, uh-huh. for, for, for those that don't know, there is a director's cut for Terminator 2, which actually when they released the DVD in, in 2001, I believe, they had it where if you put the code for Judgment Day, you could actually get the full director's cut. And in that director's cut, Michael Bean does come back. He still looks exactly like Kyle Reese from 1984, which is just fucking Ooh. unbelievable because it was five years, six years later, seven years later, I think. They look exactly, they look great. And I, I always go back and forth because uh, it's great seeing him, but at the same time, it, it's so tragic. And so, like, I almost like the fact that the only thing that you get of Kyle Reese in, in Terminator 2, the actual cut, is just the jacket that Sarah wears at the end. And I'm not kidding you. Like, even today, it still hurts me to watch the ending of that movie. Like, I mm-hmm. hate the fact that he dies. Like, I, 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 I get it because it makes it so much better for the movie and the movie has to have him die. But when they fucking hit the, tra- the truck and the truck burns... And the T-800 is de- dead before it comes back as the machine. I, as a kid, I swear to God, for 10 years, I turned it off. I'd be like, all right, we're done. That was good. Good movie. Let's get a Terminator 2. <laughs> but I now, can't... Yeah. Mike, I, I don't want to get all cinema sins on you, but um, mm-hmm. it, according to the film, Kyle Reese is a virgin. And in that sex scene, it looks like he's given Sarah Connor to stars and stripes forever. Oh, I know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. That just takes me completely out of the movie. I don't know. I don't know if <laughs> she, she was naturally gifted, I guess. Maybe she was just that good at it. I don't know. Yeah. Shh, shh. Let me if anybody's this. gonna be that good at it, it's gonna be Sarah Connor. So. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, true. that's what I'm Carry saying. <laughs> Sorry. I, but come on, you get Brad Fidel's like piano score in there. It's uh, you know, the pipe bombs are sitting out in the background. We like, also don't know how many times they did it. Like he got I mean, it was a long night. Yeah, yeah. It's true. I, I, I went to, <laughs> to, to to challenge their relationship. Or not challenge their relationship, but to, to show the encapsulation of it, there is a deleted scene from Tremere One, not Tremere Two where Kyle and Sarah are in the tunnel where she actually nurses his wounds and, or right before they get to the tunnel and it's daylight and it's in the morning and he's like looking around and he's just like overwhelmed by the green of it all. And, and I get why he took it out ultimately, but Holy shit, that, that scene right there, like encapsulates just the, the, the sort of dichot or the, the synergy that I was talking about with them. And, and that's what I really love about this movie is that like, you know, Sarah's so powerful in this movie and so is he, but they're, mm-hmm. they, they come from different ways. And like, when I think of like my favorite type of heroes out there, like Kyle, especially male heroes, like I think of Kyle Reese because he's not the Arnold Schwarzenegger, 
Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's literally like just the the, the most like human. You could be character. Him. You could yes. be Kyle Reese. A hundred percent, and yeah. I love him. Like I love him for that. So I I don't know. I was really so first off so stoked that I got to this before anyone got to it because <laughs> like I was so worried that someone was going to have this. But this is the this is one of my favorite like couples ever. So I just yeah. I love this movie, but. I think um, I, because I almost put um, Sarah Connor and Arnie from T2. On I wondered list. if you would. That's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, and I, because I look at that as very much like a parent relationship, you know? Um, but I figured that Sarah from T1 or from Terminator 1 would be very upset if I shipped the two of them. Um, but yeah, Sarah Connor is my everything. I Terminator oh, I 2 is a perfect movie. I love this woman so much. And I think the reason I didn't immediately go to it is because I, when I think of that franchise, I think of Terminator 2. I know, um, yeah. But I love that they're like, I, part of me always wants to kind of pick apart the how does it actually work, you know, if he. Oh, don't do that. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what that. I love what is talk about cinemasins. Oh, totally. Yeah, but what I love is that their love like transcends this logic that doesn't quite make sense. And you might I say just... oceans of time. Oh, yes. oh my god! <laughs> One of the most romantic lines in any movie. I have to say, it's just gorgeous. no, no. But it does, I, Jen. Here's why it makes sense, and this is what I always said. It, it really comes down to Terminator Two. That it's 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 not about it's not the what do I want to say? Back to the future style of time travel where there's this equal and opposite reaction. It's all about fate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's no fate, but what we make for ourselves. I was just going to say, and yeah, Kyle <laughs> made that fate for himself and he made it all night long. He did a good job. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love that. Like he makes her who she is supposed to be. Like he is a, a pivotal point there, but she is not that because of him. She is, you know, it's like they awaken their true selves with mm-hmm. each yeah. other. And oh, it's just yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Fantastic couple. Rachel, do you have anything to say on uh, uh, Kyle and Sarah? I mean, there, yeah, T2 is a perfect movie. It yeah. Terminator yeah. is like, it's just, and every time I see it, it's one of those movies, it's like you, you put it away for a while and then you watch it again. You just kind of forget yeah. like totally. how, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't forget the beats and that kind of stuff, obviously, but you just forget like, God, this is incredible. It's an incredible feat and it's an incredible story. And it's just one of those things that continues to age so well and Mm -hmm. still like resonate today, which is always just wild. And yeah, those characters, all of them, like each one of them are just so strong and the way that they interact and yeah, but don't, but don't, don't look at the, don't do the timeline thing. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Uh, you know, I watch. In my mind, the timeline works because it's all about, it, it's not that it's it's fate. It he was ha- he had to go back there. This well, was I'm, all yeah, meant no, to yeah. happen. The first, the first two are fine. I mean, and you start getting into three, like Genesis and so. Oh, I love three. Like, those were, three works yeah, too three. because you can't stop. It's no. fate that that happens. You can't stop right. it. That all adds up up until three. And I don't know about these other movies that you speak of that happened after that. I've <laughs> no, okay. they don't, and it doesn't never matter. Heard about them at all? Yeah. You know, Genesis. Three, three, Genesis is one of the only movies I can remember. Probably I could probably kind of one hand that I almost walked out of. Oh, it's oh, wow. so bad. It's one of the oh, worst movies of all time. And, and I saw it in be- 3D. Uh, it's so bad. And it's because they get Kyle totally wrong. Like hire Jai Courtney for fucking Kyle Reese. Are you kidding me? Anyway, that, that'll go <laughs> yeah. on a whole diatribe. Maybe one day when we do a Terminator season. Season of Terminator. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure Justin <laughs> would just have a fucking aneurysm if we had that. Anyway. It'd be a fun first half. All right, here's oh, what yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear one more real quick. Everybody's like runner up. Who yes. didn't they put on the list? Yeah. Go for it, Mike. Go you for go it, first. Oh, mine was uh, 
Steven and Jessica from Jason Goes to Hell because I'm contractually ah. obligated to mention Jason Goes to Hell. And just real quick, <laughs> I think it's because you really don't get too many. You get some good relationships in the Friday the 13th series. But this one just feels different because it does feel a little bit more adult because you're dealing with children and divorce. And it's really not something you really dealt with in that series where it was kind of the focus of the film. Mm hmm. That's a good one. I mean, I and was I like actually going to It you, seems like they get back together at the end, and I, 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 I like that. I, I was going to ask Mike um, whether or not you had any Jason Goes to Hell plugs uh, at the end of this. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, but I'm, I'm glad you put that on there. Another, I would say another Friday the 13th couple of you would, um, is uh, Tommy Jarvis and um, Jennifer. How did those not end up on your list, Mike? I, I, I had them on a runner-up, a way distant runner-up, and then I figured we don't really see them as a couple. So it's kind of like, it's kind of a meat cute without the, you know, romance there. Anyway, great one too. Good jacket. Uh, Rachel, who's your I mean, I'm just going to say it and I'm so surprised I didn't. Like nobody said this one, but I mean, Gail and Dewey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure our yeah. listeners are just like fucking screaming. I know. Right I know. Now. The, the, the thing though, like, I mean, if you, if we, if this was like, if we had to like actually sit down and, you know, crunch the Gerber Lytics mm-hmm. and figure out like the actual like best horror couples, like, yeah. yes, they would be on this list. Like, They'd be like be number real, one, probably. everybody. Yeah. But I mean, so for that very fact, like, I'm going to mention them. Oh, you have yeah. to. But it's, it's low hanging fruit. There's, there's, exactly. three, there's three or four podcasts being recorded right now that discuss that relationship and they're discussing a valentine's day well, that's the thing it's like mm-hmm. you you look at like you look up a listicle for anything and like half the time it's going to be the same things and i think it's right. cool to like talk about some of the other characters that are like great couples but you know but anyways that yes top-notch content yeah, yeah but <laughs> yeah. yeah of course of course gail and dewey guys yeah that's a good one forget that's a good them one. and it's on theme because we are still in woodsboro you know we still have to do our ranking so that'll be interesting jen Runner up for you. Um, oh, I got. I want to throw in my toxic couple that I'm in love with is Candyman and Helen. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> but my for real number one is Alan Pangborn and Polly Chalmers from Needful mm. Things, and I yeah. they're great in the movie, but I love them in the book. I think they're just a really healthy couple. They're like a later in life couple trying to move on together and kind of help each other deal with this grief. And I just think they're great. And Ed Harris is always fantastic. Always great. Always great. Well, hey, speaking of uh, later era couples, um, my runner up, and you mentioned this movie before, uh, Laurie Strode and Will Brennan from H2O. Um, <laughs> I got to say, I mean, one of the most adult couples ever yeah. depicted in a horror movie, I, I, you know, let alone a fucking teen slasher. Um, they are as adult as fuck. They are, <laughs> seriously. So, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a, I don't know. It, it's such a realistic relationship and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn apart, much like Will, actually, when he's uh, stabbed in the chest. Yeah. But I, I just think he was such a perfect match for Laurie. And those scenes when they're talking uh, in the restaurant, when Laurie sneaks a, a, another you know, glass of wine, mm-hmm. you just wouldn't. I, even now, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe that scene was in a movie in a 90s thr- a slasher. Like that scene is so adult. It's so mm-hmm. it's so rich. And I mean, Adam Arkin, what an underrated actor. Just totally. fucking fantastic. Well, that's it. I mean, I want to, before we go, though, I, I think it would be a disservice if Rachel didn't run through her list <laughs> yes. just so we could kind of nod along. And any of our listeners could be like, where's my couple? It might be on this list. <laughs> it might be on this list. You know, I thought might about be. this far too much this week, but these are all couples that I think genuinely embody that idea of like 
good good couples, good representations of healthy relationships, uh, except a couple, and you'll I think you'll know which ones. But anyways, okay. <laughs> so I had Don't Look Now, 1973, Laura Ooh. and John Baxter, Julie Christie and Donald scene. Sutherland, sex, yeah. an incredible Hot. sex scene. You talk about sex scenes that advance the plot, like holy uh, shit! Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen I've right never there. seen a sex scene that advances the plot. I know. <laughs> All right, Mike. All right. <laughs> you can follow okay. at Mike Vanderbilt had, on right. Twitter for yeah. his ironic <laughs> takes. Um, um, next, I had Amityville Horror, Kathy and George Lutz. Yeah, I almost had one of mine. You know, that's funny. By Margot Kidder and James Brolin. It's funny because I almost had the brother and sister for Amityville 2 on this. Oh, list. God, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Like we said, you can find him on Twitter. <laughs> right. <Just> disgusting. <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, watch Amityville uh, Horror 2 on Valentine's Day for a yeah. real treat. It's about time, you know. Uh, yep. Uh, you talk about classic, The Bride of Frankenstein, Boris yeah. and Elsa. I mean, as far as like imagery goes, like it doesn't get more beautiful than that. Yeah. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy and Glenn, Heather mm-hmm. Langenkamp and Johnny Depp, a great young couple, I think. Mm-hmm. Runner up um, for me. Yeah. A little bit of a complex couple, I think, especially for their age, is Carrie. Sue Snell and Tommy Ross, Amy mm. Irving and William Catt. Um, another one, a, a franchise, a franchise that we did not mention, um, but I'm going to dedicate this one to Mac, who couldn't be here today. And um, a franchise that is built on the relationship, not the scares. And that's The Conjuring, Lorraine and yeah. Ed Warren, <laughs> Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. Uh, yeah. Um, Max's favorite, favorite, favorite franchise. Max's favorite. Yeah. He loves it. So, uh, you know, Mac, I put it on there for you. Yeah. Um, Beetlejuice, Barbara and Adam. Mm-hmm. I almost had Gina them. Davis, they were a run up for me. Yeah. Alec Baldwin, Together in Life, Together in Death. Uh, Ghostbusters, Dana and Peter. Ah. As we learn, I don't, spoiler if you haven't seen the new Ghostbusters, but uh, they're still together. I love that. Yeah. Gorney and Bill, still together. Did you guys um, like the new Ghostbusters? I haven't seen it yet. I loved I it. I haven't seen it either. I, I, I thought I was going to fucking I, hate it. I um, said it was like like an amusement park Ghostbusters ride, mm-hmm. you know, like it hits all the beats that you want. It's fun, you know, and I loved it for that. If you yeah. start digging too deep and, you know, yeah, you can tear it apart, but it's a, it's a fucking movie. Have fun with it. And <laughs> everybody, told me, I, everybody told me I'd love it. So I've been meaning the new, to check it the out. The little, the, the, the young actress who plays, you know, with many oh, McKenna Grace. Like, She's phenomenal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So loved her. Um, okay, Zombieland, Columbus and Wichita. Ah, nice. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Emma Stone mm-hmm. and Jesse Eisenberg. Um, here's another Linda Hamilton, Children of the Corn, Bert and Vicky. Oh. I think they're <laughs> yep. actually a good couple under you <laughs> They're know, a very just, real couple. Yeah. yeah. Hanging hey, out with we, some- <laughs> Mike mentioned uh, singles all, uh, earlier for Bridget Fonda. Bert, who I can't remember the actor, but he's hunky. He's Peter a bicyclist. Horton. Peter Horton. Yeah, he's uh, the bicyclist in singles that they fight over. So, Oh, that's fine. Uh, no. <laughs> um, another modern one. Real life couple, too. Quiet Place. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Emily Abbott, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski. Um, also a newer film, Us. Jordan Peele's mm. Us. Yeah. Adelaide mm-hmm. and Gus Wilson, Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke. Um, the perfection, a queer couple, Charlotte and Lizzie. <gasps> oh my god, I Williams, forgot about that. Logan I Browning. That I love this couple because, like, a couple that gets together and fucking like kills pedophiles, like, hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Anne plays cello duets. Oh my Anne god. Anne plays beautiful music and wonderful body art. Like, Dude, great couple. I love that movie. <laughs> An evolving couple, two couples, I guess, a thruple of sorts, uh, The Hunger. 
Miriam Ooh. and John, Miriam and Sarah, Catherine Deneuve, David Bowie, Susan Sarandon. Such a that's somebody came into work the other day and they said, We watched the most Mike Vanderbilt movie ever last night. They're like, It's called The Hunger. And I'm like, <laughs> I've seen it twice. And yes, aesthetically it should be, but that movie is such a drag. I want to like it. I watch it about every six years or so to yeah. see if my opinion has changed to... on it. You have to be there and be ready for lots of fans and curtains. Uh, Roger Ebert described it as looking like a perfume commercial. I like whatever. (laughs) I love it. I'm here for it. Uh, The Fear Street trilogy, the modern, the new trilogy, Dean and Sam, Mm -hmm. Kiana Madeira and Olivia Scott Welch. I think that's a fantastic couple that we get to see in three different time periods. So, you know, even better. Um, Gremlins, Kate and Billy. This one you could argue. A couple different ways, you know, maybe he doesn't listen to her as much as he should. When she's, <laughs> maybe she just spouts random stuff. You know, exposing yeah. and like revealing her trauma. But There's you know, a lot whatever. of trauma in her back that, 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 that involves a lot of holidays. So, you know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. So it's Phoebe Cates. You know, they Gallagher. don't celebrate Valentine's Day. What do you think her Valentine's Day story is? <laughs> oh, probably like one of her aunt died, like, you know, like dressed as Cupid. Food poisoning from candy or mm. yeah. a razor blade or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Cupid actually shot her. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a float or something, and the Cupid like shot and shot her with like a brother. fucking handgun. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm almost there. Killed, almost her, killed her mother right in front of her on Valentine's right. Day. Oh Jesus. <laughs> uh, Reanimator. Megan Halsey and Dan Crane. Barbara ah, Crampton. Nice. Bruce great Abbott. Barbara Crampton. See, I, I would have. Great. I would have gone with the head and Barbara nope. Crampton. Oh my <laughs> god. Or, or my. you could. Yeah. Well, for Barbara, maybe. But yeah, for I mean, you could also say you know Herbert West and Dan Crane. Oh, that is true. Type of you could. Yeah. There's lots of relationships too. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandy, Mandy Bloom, and Red Miller, Andrea Riseborough, and Nick Cage. Depressing um, couple, okay. um, given what happens, but uh, yeah. I, but you get to see flashbacks works. of them, and like you really believe, like mm-hmm. you know, same thing. Like it's very romantic. Um, yeah, also... they watched uh, they watched Night Beast together. They watched Don Miller's Night Beast, and... which is <laughs> that's Old... romantic to me. Uh, just like you know, Kate and Billy's sad growing up stories. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Devil's Candy, Jesse oh, and mm. Astrid Hellman, Ethan Embry and Shuri Appleby. Oh. That's another a good one. solid hot parents. Can you imagine if they oh, were your parents? Uh-huh. Ethan Embry was another early crush for me, and yeah, he's age like a fine wine. Yeah, uh, the invitation, <laughs> <My ribeye. laughs> invitation. Ooh. Will and Kira, Logan, mm-hmm. Marshall Green, and his wife. I I do not know how to say her name. I'm really sorry. Amitazi <laughs> Corneldi. Um, uh, that sounds she- right. Yeah, they're they're great. That couple, you know, coping with tragedy and the mm, fact that mm-hmm. she goes to his ex-wife's house for a dinner party, like good on you, girl. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus and Christ. maybe one of the most iconic horror couples, but not a healthy couple. Uh Hellraiser, Frank and Julia, yep. <laughs> John Chapman, and Claire Higgins. So that was my oh, list. <laughs> that is nice. a hell of a list. And it God, was. what a what a great button at the end there. Um mm-hmm. just a couple looking for a third. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> We noticed your they, vibe boy, from they across find the bar, them. and we'd yeah. like to buy you a we'd like to buy you a drink. Yeah, we'll buy you a you know an infinity in hell. Um, mm-hmm. I used to. I think Sammy said best. Was like she must have been an amazing fuck to, for Frank to bid like you know I'm gonna give my entire life or anyone to to this one person. I mean Jesus fucking Christ! Like the, the it gets dark and, and messy in that 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 franchise. Um, yeah. And she is evil, just fucking downright evil. And I can't wait to talk more about Hellraiser one day. I'm sure we'll talk about that, yeah. that franchise. Talk about and, a franchise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that, 
We go places in that one. Adam Scott, I think, appears at one point in Bloodline. He does. Yes. Number one on my list of all time. Oh, Adam Scott's number one? He is. Oh, yeah. wow. From Parks and Recreation or, yep. uh, or Party Down? Re- yeah. Oh, okay. From Parks and Rec. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You could just Tones of Dunshire, listen to Letters that. of Cleo. Right. Hey, I married an accountant, so I mean. That makes like, sense. It's on brand, so. Well, look, I think we're all depressed. I don't know about you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> before we go and pop some Xanax and, I don't know, dig into some mounds, let's uh, let, let's share where we're going to, you know, what we got coming up. Rachel, what are you working on right now? Yeah, so got some cool stuff coming up. going to be doing a... For some Losers Club, we're going to be doing a deep dive on The Shining. Oh, yeah. Oof, so chilling. that's, you know, talk about depressing. Um, but <laughs> Wendy also, and Jack, would they, would be, I'm surprised they no, didn't appear on the list. Couple. Too toxic. Ooh, bad, bad couple. They're the number one on the bad couple list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Iconic? Yes. Healthy? Yes. No. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What else? Um, I've also got an interview coming out with Jimmy Laval, who's the composer uh, for the new Benson and Moorhead film, Something in the Dirt, which just played at Sundance. He's also known by the album Leaf. Yeah, it's really cool. And he's a very interesting guy. So, um, yeah, that'll be coming out on Dread Central soon. So you'll see that probably next week. Very cool. Very cool. Jen, what do you have coming up at uh, Psychoanalysis? Well, just today we dropped a Comfort Horror episode on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Katie Uh, Rife. And that was a fantastic conversation, a really awesome movie. Um, not a very romantic movie, but you know, I, it, it was really fun. Well, Sally and Franklin, they love each other and you know, um, yeah. God. And we're in, oh, Franklin. And we're oh, in the middle Franklin. of, um, <laughs> in the middle of dementia month. So, um, you know, if you like sad stuff, um, we, our next episode is on relic and then I'm not, we're still working the details out of our March theme, but we're going to have a comfort horror episode on fear street coming up soon and malignant. Oh. So that's that's going to be fun. And um, I also, since we brought her up, um, I just talked to Barbara Crampton for Rue Morgue. So that oh interview gosh, should yeah. be, I know, it was so exciting. <laughs> so that should be coming out pretty soon. So Great. Love love Barbara Crampton. I oh, yeah. wonder if she'll ever be on the Halloween East. Uh, I actually, I talked to her for a while during the pandemic. That was the time when anyone just wanted to talk. So we just like talked for like hours. And like, mm-hmm. I, I do wonder, like, I kind of want to put it somewhere on the feed but it feels weird to put an interview like two years later right like mm. it's kind of it's also kind of tacky i guess anyway let me know when that interview run, runs because i'd love to, to read it uh vanderbilt you are a busy man but how busy oh. what are you up what yeah, do you got I'm, trying, I'm trying to run down like the list of projects when is when is this episode gonna air it's gonna air monday for valentine's day so oh great um perfect <laughs> great thing good timing mike yeah you know uh, Seems so, like it would work then, you know. So uh, here on Halloweenies, I'll be hosting our episode on the Prowler. We got coming up at the end of the month. We'll also be doing our screams, scream makings. I'll be here for that, which means I'll be able to share my thoughts on Scream Four because I was not on that episode. I also got. Uh, I'll be, I'm going to be on the It's All Good Block Club podcast this Ooh, Thursday, cool. talking about that Twitter thread that I started about the most Chicago thing. That you've ever experienced that exploded, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really did, and it, it, I don't think it's ever going to stop. But it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, that episode is going to drop on Thursday. I'll have a new episode of Centerfold, the Playboy podcast I'm doing with Tafietta at the end of the month. We're going to do those monthly. Uh, we're doing an issue from the '90s uh, next go around, and then uh, I got a new episode of Windy City Double Feature coming out next week. We're covering Breathless and A Pocket Full of Miracles. Oh, we're going wow. back to the we're going back to the sixties. 
for that one. That should be a lot of fun. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter at Mike Vanderbilt, so you can you can holler at me about any of the (laughs) any of the uh, outlandish shit that I said on this episode, or any of the smut that he shares. No, I'm just joking. There is one guy who told me that he loves following me on Twitter, but his girlfriend doesn't. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. There, I, I will say there was a stretch there for a while uh, when uh, I was following you and I was in professional settings and uh, let's just say got into some trouble, uh, you know, especially when I used to ride the train and be like, what the fuck is that guy uh, looking at? Well, yeah, I feel um, bad. I feel bad for the day walkers who, you know, wake up, you know, at a decent hour, eight, nine o'clock and, mm-hmm. you know, they like, how the fuck was he up at four in the morning talking about yeah. weekend at Bernie's? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah, and 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 in retweeting, you know, S and M, uh, you know, uh, Look, <laughs> man, everybody, every every talks a big game about sex work is real work, but they don't know where they can't put their money where their mouth is. I agree. Look, when it comes hey, to supporting right them, kudos, kudos. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, Jen, uh, because I always have to w- w- Twitter share oh, share yeah. Twitter handles. Jim Ferratu, two ends. Yep. All right, sweet and. Rachel, I said it before, kind of, but it's, it's got a different spelling. So. Yeah, 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 spelling, yeah, I'm so clever. Um, it's at <laughs> Vinyl Girl, G-R-R-R-L. Sweet, sweet. Well, I am at Michael Rothman. If you want to find the most ironic and bullshit tweets that you could possibly find <laughs> out there. You've been good lately. You, you're, yeah. you're, 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 yours have been top notch. Those have I been am, instant well, retweets, you. like no comment mm-hmm. necessary. I got, uh, I pissed off Did you off ever find out what was, in the, what was in the briefcase about fiction? Oh, you know, I, I I I read some essays online. I think I get the idea that it's mm. it's more metaphorical than literal. But hey, you know, I didn't know that. I believe they call that uh, in film classes a McMuffin. Oh, that is true, McMuffin. Interesting. Uh, I yeah. I just I do love the how that many people like literally took me for granted, like or that you know took me literally and thought like, wow, he really just saw Pulp Fiction for the first time thirty something or almost thirty years after it came out. Give me a break, guys. Well, there's another uh, ding no dong who's though. never who really hasn't seen it, and he said he was never going to watch it. That was making uh, the rounds on Twitter this week. I couldn't believe that. That's look, you're missing out on Pulp Fiction. You're missing out on a lot of things. It's a what can I say? Hot take, great movie. Yeah, um, it's Eric Stoltz too. Yeah. That is Stoltz. Hey, we come full circle. Yeah. Um, well, look. <laughs> This has been a lot of fun. Uh, as Mike mentioned, yeah, we do have the Prowler coming up for the rest of this month. In addition to our ranking, um, if you want the Prowler, make sure you sign up www.patreon.com slash Pod, as if I haven't plugged it enough. Uh, and our ranking of your screams can be interesting because I, like you, Mike, I haven't been able to discuss Scream 4 and uh, I'll just spoil it right now. I'm not a big fan. Uh, so, you oh, know, you hear neither, all about huh? that. Oops. Yeah, no, I'm not, 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 right. not big. All right. Um, and, and I was a little, <laughs> no, we're you know. we're going to fight now. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, <laughs> look, this has been an absolute joy. I'm very, very stoked that I was able to kick off Valentine's Day weekend with, with you all. But it's time to crumple up our Valentine's, put our champagne glasses in the sink, and make our way to the couch. But rest assured... We'll be right back. Love you guys. You've made it to the end of another bloody disgusting podcast. Congratulations. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, 
SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, Nightmare on Film Street, and more. <laughs>